You're listening to a Mint podcast brought to you by HD Smartcast. Hi, I'm Shovik Das. I'm Leslie Demonte and I'm Deepthi Ahuja. You're listening to Mint Tech Setra, a podcast where we will talk about important developments in technology and how they will transform our lives, work and play as we know it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Mint TechSetra podcast. This is our first episode for 2024. And as you would probably realize from the thumbnail, which is if you see the thumbnail, is that we have kind of rejigged a few things. We have more of us hosting the podcast now. Joining alongside me is my boss and mentor, Leslie Timonte. And uh, as a chief of our podcast, the very scary and the very frightening Deepthi Ahuja. <laughs> thank you thank you shavik you have been Thanks. very very generous with your comments absolutely i agree <laughs> i am indeed and we are here to talk about we're starting the year and this is a tech podcast and you know if you wake up in the morning and google tech news today anyone anything that's there on the internet is about the consumer electronics show ces has of course been a big very important event historically in the overall consumer electronics world and uh, this year it's a lot of ai a lot of automotive technologies and even a lot of enterprise technologies so we are going to be talking about that uh, but before uh, we begin into you know whatever is fun and whatever is boring at ces uh, leslie you have seen ces since i don't know since decades how have you seen things evolve at ces is it still cool enough or has the shine kind of gone back yeah i've been covering CES for more than a decade and I, I would say that okay over a period of time it has lost that kind of you know the mojo that it had or the prima donna effect that it really had because there are many other events that have equally uh, vying for attention uh, one is that of course all the tech companies also have their own big tech events uh, which are sort of uh, as good a draw as that of uh, CES so CES actually has to battle it out each and every time and i think historically also you know ces has been more talking about consumer electronics uh, but uh, you know the whole world has moved towards the uh, industrial part of it and in fact actually if you look at the ces uh, this year uh, clearly it has gone into it, it starts with uh, roland bush's uh, keynote on the industrial metaverse of course uh, so this is just you know i i, I feel that ces could be a lot more uh but you know just given that uh, there's just too much of tech around uh it's hard for any one event to be the sole kind of event out here right absolutely deepthi it's it'll be interesting to hear from you in fact what you think of ces because unlike us you have better things to do in life instead of just <laughs> Well, honestly, I feel um like novice, like a rookie on this podcast with the two of you hosting it, and uh, I'm quite afraid <laughs> of how things might turn out, and uh, how how bad uh, I mean a- an impression uh, do Mint etc. listeners get of me. <laughs> One of the producers of this podcast. For the record, we are not so bad. We are quite nice in general. Ah, uh, but uh, considering the fact that uh, I've recently, in the past couple of years, been introduced to CES, I did not know of it before I started handling tech podcasts. To be very honest, 
and uh, i must also say that uh, when i was doing my fair bit of research before coming to uh, you know record this episode i realized that there were so many other channels that were covering ces and that that had better views than the ces channel on youtube uh, so i <laughs> think it's more the, uh, I, i you know apart from the fact that other tech companies have also started doing their own big shows it's also about the marketing strategy i would say ces needs to boost that strategy for the common consumer to be able to be excited about ces i would say yeah dipti but you know also i mean uh, uh, to be fair i mean ces has been the face of a uh, consumer uh, tech so i mean i i think there's no True. doubt about that True but i mean we are in a digital world and then there are digital marketing strategies and i think the visibility there seems to be a little i would say is dwindling a little bit so it should uh, sort of um, concentrate on those parts as well CS4 Gary Gary yeah Gary Shapiro so much peer this yeah we should reach out to Gary Shapiro with this competence Yes, absolutely. Yes. Uh, but you know, CES always has cool things. I mean, that's undeniable even now. And in fact, yesterday I happened to see LG launching this wireless transparent TV. I don't know if we really need our TVs to be transparent, you know. I mean, what exactly do they mean by a transparent TV? You can see through the TV? Yes, you can wow. see through the TV. It's translucent to be honest. Ah, uh, uh-huh. it will be translucent. But you know, transparent sounds better. I think as a marketing, uh, you know, no wires. You can just look through the screen. I don't know if we but, really need it. But, uh, do we need it? Yeah, but no. But look through the screen and see what. I thought see, we wanted to see a movie. So why would like, I want to look through the screen? I want to look at the screen. That's absolutely the point, and I think uh, this is somewhat uh, to the conjecture of uh, you know Samsung launched those the frame and the art those TVs which right. turned into. which becomes like a living room accessory so if you put this tv in your living room it looks like this translucent sheet of like you know metal and uh, something and yeah i guess if you have these foldable phones if you have i think people will adapt i mean you have uh, uh, a different kind of a crowd or different people with different tastes or the kind of uber rich who have a lot of money to spend so probably they may want something uh, you know new each and every time see i i think uh, there's no point uh, you know a sort of poo-pooing uh, these kind of newer technologies it is just you have to see whether they stand the test of time because we have seen many such technologies come and go like you had these foldable now you have some you might come out with the rollable phone now you may ask me why would i want to have a rollable phone if i have to each and every but somebody may say no it's convenience but it it all depends you know i mean how you look at technology because somebody may find a use for it probably that we have not even conceived uh, it about so Agreed. Agreed. I would also say the same thing. I mean, the first reaction was for what joy? <laughs> Why? <laughs> but, but yeah. I also realized that maybe uh, you know, in the future, probably in cars, you need a translucent sort of a screen in front of you, where you are not getting distracted. You can look at certain things, and you can also concentrate on the road. So I think that's where the use case is uh, probably more apt. But uh, I, you may I never. I, know. I don't know if I would. I don't think I'll agree with you <laughs> of having a translucent or transparent uh, TV in a car. But uh-huh. yeah, I, I guess. I mean, not a TV. 
but like a screen they do have yeah. those yeah they do yeah but i would i would i would rather have my eyes on the road unless i am in the back seat <laughs> true true but uh, talking of cars you know mercedes benz along with uh, the you know famed lead single black eyed peas will i am they showcased something called sound drive which is that when you're driving if you're bored of music you can remix and create your own music while driving i don't again i don't know if we want to you know create songs while driving i want to just you know reach wherever i'm going so what what do they call it a dj on the go it's called sound drive <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go and drive. So, and it's been marketed as a DJ on the go kind of thing. It's like you know you're bored of your Spotify playlist, so now let us make some music for you on the road. And it's starting with the Mercedes-Benz electric cars. It uses AI to recognize which song will go with which other song. And according to people who've tried it out, they're saying that it's interesting. But I don't know if I want to make songs while driving. I would rather listen to podcasts while driving. <laughs> Marketing option. <laughs> Shameless yeah, plug-in. And have, yeah, and you have a bias, so that that's very clear. True. No, I see. Again, I'll come to the very same point that you do not really know. You know what are the kind of tastes of each other. See, one is like if you pack in too many features. Like for instance, if you get a washing machine, I know there are some fifty features in my washing machine. I don't remember last using more than two or three features. Hmm. So it's yeah. there, and it comes at a basic price. So you know, I mean, it, it's that okay, fine. For twenty five thousand, you get a washing machine without those features, and you'll get a washing machine with those features. So might as well you think. Okay, here's the you have struck a good bargain, so you buy it with the 50 feet. But whether you really use it, I'm not too sure. But uh, but sometimes you never know. Like if somebody wants to play, if if it's a real uh, music lover, maybe they may want to mix and match or have AI mix and match it for them. So I I'm not too sure. You know, Leslie, there was this whole idea. Another podcast I'm referring to, uh, the CES podcast, and they said that. AI will be the story of CES this year. My listening to you speak that you you know you use only three features in your washing machine. I think education should be the <laughs> the main theme at some point of time. Why have there's there are so many features that people just don't know how to use in so many different kinds of products, and unless there is education in terms of consumers uh, for consumers, how how are they to use any of these features? It's just gonna go waste. That's some point one, of time. One one is that, but secondly, first of all, just commenting on the CS and AI part. I think CS has woken up to AI just now. <laughs> That's not really a good sign because AI has been around for like at at least seven seven eight years. At least we've been talking about AI. And AI has already matured. It's right. generative AI that has been in the uh, you know. Uh, sort of uh, uh, being talked about for the last uh, one year, and which has changed the face of uh, AI and brought it to the masses as such. So, consumer electronics uh, show is actually a little late in the game as far as AI stuff. They're trying to make up with all of that. But that that's that's okay. But speaking about the features part of it and educating people, I don't know. Uh, first of all, whether somebody wants to be educated on that, because as it is with every. uh star you know, gadget that you get today you will get a 50 page manual <laughs> i don't know when, <laughs> when you want to read those manuals i have never ever read so i i mean just recently i went to i i thought of buying a uh, cycle so they asked me okay, do you want a 1 by 9 gear you want a 23 by 7 gear you want a 50 by 6 i don't the, the, basically 
plenty of permutations and combinations being a little old school uh, uh, i just said i just want a bloody cycle i want a cycle and i want to ride it now can you just tell me instead of telling me what size i require what height i require what frame i require it was like literally i had uh, luckily because of my uh, uh, the bent for technology or the love for technology i like to know about these things so for me the bias always is in understanding more about so i sort of read up a lot on that and more or less i understood because i am a biker i am right. not a cyclist so mm. it took me some time to understand it but yeah it, it was not a rocket science but i realized uh, talking to some of the kids over there the kids love that kind of talk yes so, yes because you know they they take up because they are born with this so i i think it's just a matter of you know sometimes it is uh, how digitally inclined you are it's not really much about age also because i i have been seeing parents of kids and all who talk the same language so they are they are, they are pretty okay with these uh, uh, 10000 features being added sometimes they get frustrated uh, they do voice it uh but yeah i guess you know today you really don't have much of an option they come with all those features so what you want to yeah. do with it is up to you but when it comes to mass right you want the masses to be educated enough to be able to support no, okay, all of this okay. technology so, in their no, life so, so, so let me throw the question back to both of you ha. since you're talking about education sure. now say you walk into a restaurant today okay uh, you ask for the menu card they have more most of the top end restaurants have dispensed with the menu card okay for whatever strange reason if you're going to a very high uh, fine dining restaurant or something a very classy one they might give you a, and those will be more like a, uh you know the table books or those uh, kind of coffee table books or something like that yeah. the menus will be that and they'll be so heavy that you don't want to even uh, hold them otherwise you have to keep on handling a qr code so there's mm. a qr code for everything under the sun now <laughs> you have to take your camera take your smartphone click on it you know it i personally feel it takes away the joy of eating but yeah. some people just love that experience so i i don't know you know it, it all depends on how you look at uh, life it's it's a perspective i guess i so i would love to hear your thoughts on that how you all look at it i feel it's a little impersonal you know when i go uh, you know whatever to have a meal or to have a drink and uh, you know you ask for the menu and they say you can just you know scan the qr and order it through that very page that loads and you can also pay on that and you essentially don't interact with the you know the restaurant staff yes. at all so i yes. guess it's, it's like an it's like an idea you don't know why you did you don't know why you've come to that restaurant i yeah, i truly yeah. appreciate it uh, when when i'm ordering food you know take all kinds of options but uh, even um, uh, during and to just to add to shovik's point sometimes the internet is not working properly in that area <laughs> so then what exactly. do you do <laughs> maybe we should but we should go back to ces because that's what oh, you yeah. were discussing <laughs> dipti wanted you wanted to ask something you were very oh, interested in something was, on the ces yeah i loved this whole idea about uh, alliance of open usd a i obviously want to understand it better and the other thing that you know they were talking about was the formula 1 cars um and um, there was this thing called the hypercar right it is i think uh, rb17 the red bull hypercar 
what is a hyper command and and how do no, you how want, you want to understand the metaverse thing first or the OSD uh, the USD part first or you want to understand the other one part? the USD part first and how it connects to hypercars and also how is a hypercar different from a regular car I know there are a lot of questions here uh, whichever one you want to take up first both of you so the USD is just the universal scene descriptor so universal scene description if I'm not mistaken the uh, that's the full form of Huh. Yeah. No. So, so basically, the USD is known as a, uh, a universal scene, uh, a scene a description. Hmm. Now, uh, uh, that has been uh, basically developed by uh, Pixar, and it was the first open source software uh, for collaboration. So, hmm. basically, what it does, it interchanges the 3D scenes uh, because there may be many formats. So, you have sources, you have animations, etc. Now, you are the content producer, so you know how it works. Correct. So, if you want some open source uh, uh, collaboration. So this open source software actually fosters the collaboration part of it. Uh, example is that uh, of uh, Toy Story 4, where millions of models, textures, lights, right. colors, etc. Everything became possible it because of this. Uh, Finding Nemo as the, an example, right? Yes. So yeah. that was because of the USD architecture. Yeah. And and remember that Pixar is the very same company that Steve Jobs had acquired from George Lucas. Mm, yes. So that uh, that. Uh, Thank uh, you for reminding us. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and if you're talking about the open USD, which is the AO USD, what you are referring to, yeah. that is basically uh, again what uh, Pixar did is now introducing this to the world. Hmm. So it has now it's, it's made it open source. So this is the power of the open source now that you have. So basically, it is to promote standardization, interoperability, development, evolution of this Pixar's uh, uh, open USD, and it is being embraced now by industries uh, beyond the film uh, sector. Right. So you have architecture, engineering, construction, automotive, manufacturing, which explains uh, why Roland Bush of Siemens is talking about it. Yeah. So it basically gives developers, it gives content unit uh, creators the ability to broaden interoperability across, uh, you know, content tools, data types, workflows, etc. That is basic uh, uh, the idea of uh, Open University. Interesting. And Shavik, how does it uh, tie into hyper cars and, you know, I mean, basically the entire auto segment? So, you know, I mean, the entire idea of a hypercar is there are the normal cars that we drive and uh, then there are the supercars, which are, you know, the standard Ferraris and then the standard, you know, McLarens and stuff. Then you have the hypercars, which are which are pretty much all almost most of them are essentially at concept stages. They're meant to showcase a technology rather than be road legal, you know, thousand horsepower cars, uh, which can reach 100 kilometers an hour in less than one and a half seconds and things like that. The the sort of crucial bit to developing uh, these cars and these technologies is to, there's there's a lot of wastage in terms of, it becomes an expensive procedure to kind of create these cars because of how expensive the overall production process is. It requires a lot of mechanical parts, it it requires a lot of experiments and most important is safety because when you're experimenting with combustion and when we, when you're experimenting with mechanics, the, the entire development process becomes a very uh, difficult, challenging uh, uh, procedure, which is where I think um, even even the Alliance of OpenUSD, um, as well as, you know, Virtual Twins, which is something that Siemens uh, spoke about at length during their CES presentation, is something 
it's again uh, as Leslie mentioned the CES is late to the AI party yeah digital twins something that isn't new at all in fact it's been around for years um, but uh, you know Siemens also showcased the you know the virtual reality headset the mixed reality headset in partnership with Sony which is going to help them which they're going to pitch to manufacturers which where they can use it you know use digital twins in order to develop things for instance the red bull hypercar which is going to be a part of um uh, formula 1 uh, going forward so i think that's how it all kind of ties in and uh, that's where uh, most of these developments stand um but lastly again you would have seen digital twins being a thing since for yeah. a while so Yeah so before digital twins of course you're just talking about the hypercar you said that you know it's in the concept stages uh, that is partly true because you know uh, about 1% of the all cars uh, in the world are actually hypercars so the word has been derived from a supercar mm-hmm. uh, but you know uh, they're not all of them are concept stages uh, by the way the first one i was doing some research was produced in 1963 the lamborghini maiora yeah yeah, yeah. So it is known as the p400 so right. uh, the So basically, the difference between an F1 car and a hypercar is that uh, hypercars can accelerate faster than the uh, F1 uh, cars. So, which means that they can easily win in a drag race. Mm. So, and also hypercars are more road ready. Whether you know F1 cars are more for the tracks. So, I think that basically, and Jayant would have been the right person, yeah. you know, to explain this. But uh, you know, uh, having said that, uh, uh, basically, just to give you uh, 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 listeners some idea, so the Lamborghini Maiora can accelerate uh, to 60 kilometers per hour in just about six seconds, and a top speed of 180 miles per hour. Uh, this is one of the newest hypercars on the market, oh. which can go from zero to 186 miles per hour, not kilometers per hour. Mm. So 186 by 8 point by 8, uh, multiply by 8 divide by 5 if you want the kilometers in under 9 seconds. So right. Just uh, get the number. Of course, you know, think of the cost. Uh, French uh, the uh, cost of a Bugatti, which is a French hypercar, will be something like ranging between one million pounds <laughs> to 2.5 million pounds. <laughs> So घर बार बेचने पर भी exactly अरे the Devo hypercar which sold out in just one day it cost about 4.7 million pounds not dollars my god, not dollars. My god. But, uh, but coming back to the digital tool which Shavik pointed out uh, basically creating uh, you know uh, so you know this gets me back to the whole uh, uh, Siemens topic of industrial metaverse hmm. now typically. uh our listeners would also remember this that anybody who has dabbled in the with uh, uh, virtual reality or uh, augmented reality or mixed reality which is a combination of both these uh, uh, like using a headset and using data layering etc uh, would remember a game like second life ha huh. yeah so this is the linden lab second life where we used to have virtual avatars uh, that was quite a craze you know way back then uh Now that is more like a consumer uh, metaverse, right? Okay, but if we get back to when we start talking about the industrial metaverse, then we have to remember kind of three concepts which even Roland Bush actually outlined very well. First is of course the building blocks, what he calls. One is of course the digital twin itself, which is you know the chief building block that is based on physics. As I said, the laws right. of physics as we know them. Then Now, software-defined automation. 
and and then AI. data and ai Correct. so these are the three pillars but when you talk about digital twins what does it mean now say if i want to create a smart city okay hmm. so what do i do i first try to create a, a replica of that which you have seen like many if you walk into any building now if you want to buy a apartment or a house they can't you know if it's under construction you'll have a nice little replica out there okay yeah. on the it shows you they'll show you uh, 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 like uh, typically in india they say yahan se rasta jayega yahan se gaadi jayegi yahan par aap swimming karoge you know yeah. it's, it's pretty interesting the way they try to describe but you know most other time you don't trust them because you know that a uh, fine you know what what is uh, what you see is not what you get so that visibility is not applicable <laughs> to most uh, builders out here in india at least right so here in a digital twin concept if you are trying to create a digital twin of a factory for instance or a digital twin of a smart city you can actually make you can create a replica of exactly what you want hmm now that is the beauty of it and then you uh, use the software defined automation basically whether it is the you know the ao usd that we spoke about or whatever and then that marries the real world with the uh, metaverse the digital world yeah and and uh, just to go back to that uh, translucent screens uh, wala part right uh, when he was describing software defined automation it was quite literally uh, use he, they were using those screens to actually then manipulate uh, the digital twin uh, organically so this, so that yeah. was another uh, i think that that would have been a better use case instead of a tv harsh of it but uh, you know i think one of the i think everybody has said even before metaverse became a buzzword uh, and uh, people started trying to create bank metaverse experiences and all i think the entire idea behind mixed reality experiences was that it would be of great use in industries in uh, especially in healthcare for instance trying yeah. to analyze brain models trying to un- analyze cardiac models um that's where uh, many people have been speaking for you know a good part of 4 5 years now that Uh, in fact dasso i remember i spoke spoken to them about a couple of years ago dasso does a lot of work on uh, digital twins and they work with hospitals too and they all use these translucent screens they all use these mixed reality headsets to try and get access to like a very convincing digital twin of a heart yeah. to understand how a stent placement may or may not you know help in the longevity of life of a patient and i think that's the sort of real use case of metaverse no i would i would disagree out here that's not the real i mean there are many other real use cases because we i think we are conveniently forgetting the fact that uh, your airplanes for instance have always been running on autopilots okay right. right your first autopilot before we spoke about the driverless cars also your first autopilot was somewhere way back in 1912 i mean most right. people can just completely forget that you know they, you know so let's see loves this example of airplanes he's given it no. so many times in air rising <laughs> but it is it is it is a fact you know because yeah. if, if, if we uh, tend to uh, you know think that everything uh, uh, has just sprung out of uh, thin air nobody is a magician like yeah. i always say ai itself is a 60 year old uh, uh, concept you know uh, machine learning itself has been around for about 40 45 years augmented reality by ivan sutherland is almost like 40 years yeah. okay so all these technologies always existed virtual reality uh, uh, 
uh, augmented reality now we call it mixed reality because we are building both the physical world bringing everything the, together yeah so so it's clearly an enhancement of these technologies and you know because software has become uh, 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 you know much more uh, complex and the algorithms have become better you have more computing power hmm. see we should never forget that today the computing power is what enables all this stuff other how do you think it will happen because you have your gpus riding it na no? at the end of the day you have your gpus you have combinations of gpus and cpus yeah and that is exactly look look at gamers now shobhi can all have been hardcore gamers i was a gamer at one point in time now of course i don't do my as much gaming but remember we all worked with uh, the gpus yes, so that's nothing Yeah, now it's back in the GPUs are back in the news with AI. It doesn't mean that they did not exist. So the users, as you see, are uh, you know the use cases keep on developing. So you were talking about healthcare shopping, which is fine. But remember that the auto industry and all have been using it. The yeah, yeah, yeah. Aviation uh, sector clearly, because my uh, I think the key operative word here is immersive uh, yeah. learning or immersive teaching. because you could do remote uh, uh, you know you could have a car uh, uh, the uh, remotely sort of uh, a mechanical work on a car remotely and make it okay you could repair the car over there which is what happens in, on the shop floor uh, if some if there's a break in and some oil kind of rig out there you're not going to go physically out there so mm-hmm. many of these guys do it from the because everything is you know shop floor to the boardroom Right. right and this dipti i remember you were asking about plcs etc yes. these are all the, so your cncs which are the computer numerical controlled machines they used plcs as the software defined automation layers yeah. so these are very they all existed on the shop floor like before we had 3d printing we had ra- rapid prototyping we still have rapid prototyping in uh, you know plc uh, in terms of science fiction it just kind of reminds me of enders game they send out <laughs> And and the same concept has been applied in uh, Guardians of Galaxy Volume Three, where there was this one civilization that goes out, that sends out all of the drones, and all of the drones are operated from a central space, far far away from the main fight, right? So so yeah, it. I mean, well, I'm a content freak, so <laughs> there you go, Leslie, just steering everything to content. <laughs> yeah, but then your Star Wars also came from George Lucas. Correct. And- And Pixar, Pixar acquired <laughs> George Lucas's company. So Shavik, the cons, the concepts are always there. Shavik, you were wanting to say something. Yeah, I just wanted to say, you know, talking about merging, you know, the physical and virtual worlds, and you know, this entire idea of being present at a faraway location and controlling something that's uh, at a different location. Talking of that, at CES 2024, this startup named Hollow Connects. Um, has presented uh, hologram boxes they like these refrigerator like boxes where they are going to you know they, they essentially pitched it like you know you can teleport a person from 5000 miles away right into that box and you can have like an absolutely natural conversation with this person as long as your internet connection uh, doesn't have very high latency and it doesn't lag Holo- holograms is something that uh, came up in this and they presented multiple use cases they've said that you know in cases of you know family emergencies if a person can't be present you can have this box present in a in a hospital room and uh, you know person from from a land far far away can just magically appear inside this box and have a natural conversation with their parent um 
I think it's cool because uh, you know from the video demo which I saw of it, it it at least you know in a controlled environment it looks really cool and it looks like the person's right there in front of you. The uh, person demoing it claims to be some three uh, thousand miles away or something. Yeah, and Shavik, at the end of the day, you have to. I mean, I think one fact that we all have to realize that these technologies, whether they will come in in the next two years or next twenty years or next two hundred years, they are going to come. Right. You know, we will have them. So clearly, we have already reached the inflection point, and now it is just a matter of fine-tuning all these things. Like, say, we complain about bandwidth, but we have five G. It's not that. So these are things that can be remedied. Uh, mm-hmm. The point is like what I like about uh, Consumer Electronics Show or any of these events. It shows the confluence of all these, uh, the convergence and the confluence of all these technologies. Now, I look at the technologies that are involved. It's uh, uh, virtual reality. It is augmented reality. It is mixed reality. It is uh, your 5G. It is your Internet of Things. So just look at the amount of technologies. Then your software-defined automation, your digital twin, everything you know gets tied up. It's like a seamless uh, kind of thing. And then you just like, like uh, literally like a from a magician's hat. You say, okay, abracadabra, and you actually yes, there's tremendous amount of work that goes at the background, and that right. is what uh, people seldom appreciate when they see the final product. You know? True. Right, but perhaps uh, you know we should talk about some of the fun, quirky things. Like you mentioned, all of these technologies will be there with us at some point uh, in front of us. There's also this mirror that's been launched at CES. It's been showcased. I think you can buy it for some three hundred dollars in the US. But it's a mirror which is going to look at you in the morning and it's going to ask you how you're feeling. And based on how you're feeling, it's going to make you feel better. Even please, yeah. <laughs> Dipti, you need it? No. <laughs> we have a talking mirror now. Mirror, mirror on the wall. <laughs> Who's the fairest of them all? <laughs> wow, we have a talking mirror. I thought in the morning I just like my meditation. I would like to remain quiet. No, I don't <laughs> want this mirror in my life. Just like I don't want a hundred other mental health. Uh, Apps in my life that claim to understand uh, humans' uh, psyche, but they don't actually do that. So I don't really want this mirror. Just like I don't want those mental health apps. They need. But to yeah, be- Dipti. But Dipti, again, then we go back to a matter of choice, right? Because our listeners would be so varied. Yes. Some somebody would like say, "What the hell? Which world are these guys belonging to?" You know, I would love that mirror. So for, and somebody would somebody would want that mirror and say, "Okay, ah, whether you're and, and no willing... judgment there, but I'm just saying there yeah. are people like me Correct. who might not want it. <laughs> yeah, and I, I I don't know. For me, the problem is shelling out that three hundred dollars on it. So I, I might as well spend it on therapy. No. <laughs> You've now ventured into a completely different territory. I know. See, this is what know, happens with us, Shavik. Best of luck to you. <laughs> a segue for this also into CES. If you consider spending three hundred dollars for therapy, instead of that, you can spend five hundred dollars for Samsung's Bolly robot. Oh yes. The, the personal companion and a projector, which can turn into a TV whenever you want it to be. That's a very wow. cool. Yeah. You know, your puppy turns into a projector, and you can see shows thanks to the puppy. 
you know yeah. Wally is so cute and it it just reminded me of the movie Wally uh, for it it is so cute it looks so like I could just if it had cheeks <laughs> I could just pull them it looks like yeah, the beef not from Star Wars oh yeah it does you're right um but um again that's a companion right and and it connects all of the technology all of the home appliances that you have from samsung yeah. into uh, like you know together so, so it's a it's a great companion i'm sure but i still but, but need what, my what dog my parents what? family i'm saying a physical dog cannot be hacked na what happens with this guy then then robbers will find another way to rob your homes <laughs> through wall through wall because, because you have you you would have connected all the other gadgets with it and then of course some would have also connected their pacemakers with that oh that so, you know, would be it, dangerous it, it, so so sometimes i'm just saying that we have to just be wary of the fact that you know too many connected devices may not be the right recipe till they get the cyber security in uh, place I mean no Leslie you're absolutely right I think this the cyber security threat thing with related to when it comes to smart uh, appliances is very real and um I think once at least twice or thrice every month you know each of these cyber security firms send out these uh, advisories and press notes and blogs and stuff on you know x x million unprotected uh, you know wrongly configured smart devices were left open which led to some 500000 passwords being exposed on the internet and um, personal health data being scrapped from being scraped from cloud platforms and cloud storage platforms that remains to be a pretty uh, clear threat to and there could you. be there could actually be ransomware attacks no my only point is you know the ransomware att- uh, attacks if they get into all these connected devices i like you know sort of shudder at the thought of having also omni connected devices so i would be a little wary about you know jumping into these things with till the, uh, there's some maturity on the devices so it's nice to have a it, it's like you know, i always liken them and you uh, you may have a different perspective on, on this but i like to liken them if you look at the mtv fashion shows or any of these you will see a very different kind of wardrobe being shown okay you sometimes wonder yeah. why why exactly is somebody even showing that stuff but then they are like very much at the products that are being shown at the ces so not every product has to get into the market not every product has a utility value not every uh, uh, thing but you can, i think the idea behind some of these products the idea behind some of these technologies is amazing so I, so, so uh, just to interject over that uh, l'oreal is one of the a part of a keynote speeches in ces and i was just wondering i mean i'm sure the beauty industry is like you won't put two and two together with beauty industry and oh no no you right? very much but, no no No, no, no. Beauty and tech have always been going together. No, no. Historically, also. So a lot of these products. Like Shawik, Shawik will, Shawik will be able to tell you a lot. Tell me more. more. Tell me more. Yeah. Uh, very interesting that you brought this up in 2015 or 2016. Um, this Indian smartphone maker, this smartphone brand Carbon, huh. had launched very. Um, I mean, I don't think it sold at all. This phone was called Carbon Fashion I, and I remember this. because they had sent it to me to test the phone and the entire idea was this tiny little budget smartphone which by the way were not like phones of today hmm. um today 
even if you buy a less priced smartphone that's pretty acceptable but back then you would see like the phones would stutter it would struggle to open basic applications but carbon had launched a 6000 rupee phone which their claim was you could point it to any piece of garment and they had partnered with flipkart or jabong or mintra or one of them so you could point it at any piece of clothing you would see when you're out and about and it would scan that jacket next to you and it'll tell you what jacket it is and where you can buy it and um, yeah i think a lot of people have been trying to do it now if you you know lenscart is one such popular option where if you go on lenscart and if you want to try out sunglasses or if you want to buy a new yeah, pair of specs but that becomes like an e-commerce sort of a strategy right it becomes a part of the marketing strategy i'm talking about the main product like how would tech help in building main beauty products that is my question when you when when you i mean when you look at for instance all these fashion shows things that are presented there's of course um yet again you know digital twins and mixed reality comes in there where you can try out new designs see which texture looks how it looks in different lighting conditions mm-hmm. and um you know when it comes to beauty products i am really not an expert in it but i would assume that you know there are multiple ways in which uh, you know artificial intelligence is utilized in um, seeing which kind of compositions make sense commercially and uh, what kind of products have really uh, worked historically wow. in industry i think i, I think just, also i think l'oreal has been using both uh, uh, science and technology so it's just not technology mm. because if you look at much, much of the skin care products and all today you have like gene editing tools you have uh, a whole thing on biotechnology you have a lot of this so skin care for instance is very important for a company like uh, l'oreal for instance mm. so they would be and even in their manufacturing processes for instance they would be using augmented reality virtual reality immersive tech etc so they have been speaking about both and if you uh, as far as i recall l'oreal has always been talking about being at the forefront of science and technology so yeah. from that that you know it, it's very surprising because as you said uh, many of these companies today cannot diverse uh, cannot you know uh, sort of diverse themselves from uh, science and tech so every company today talks about science and technology and will find some link out there and get and many of them are actually very sincere about it so they are mm. doing a lot of stuff so uh, clearly a uh, company like l'oreal has a lot to do with biotechnology has a lot to do with skin care technology uh, i mean the i think one will just have to you know just read up a little more on that stuff and we can talk right. uh, uh, as we go forward uh, on the we next, should have an episode episodes Yeah. yeah, I think yeah. it's a topic worth exploring. Um and probably get a beauty and skincare expert also. Oh, that would be so much fun. I think I think I just had this one last question regarding sustainability. How is then I mean with the recyclable plastic and god knows what all that they're claiming uh, will sustainability actually be a part of uh, uh you know technology going forward? doesn't of course it is all it's already there no? i mean science and technology is very much part of sustainability like talking about sustainability in climate today's change. context anything for that matter fact but see whether you take a simple thing like flood forecasting mm. or you take a simple of understanding the weather forecast now you have a weather app right mm. okay how does that work that work with dopplers 
Now, how do you get Doppler? It's all about science and technology. Science and technology. Like uh, uh, Shavik uh, loves talking about space tech. Now, without the satellites, how are you? Even, you won't even I'm understand. I'm talking about the uh, waste. Yeah. Waste. So even even eliminating waste and all that kind of stuff. Now, so one is it it creates waste, and then you use AI and uh, other kind of technologies to eliminate waste. So for climate change, for flood forecasting and all, you can use AI because you understand the patterns. Mm-hmm. and you can make predictions based on them and then and you e- can inform you and even in consumer technology you know i think uh, in october september or october whenever apple holds their uh, launch event this year they spoke about collecting all the e-waste that they generate from older products and they mashed it up put it inside a robot and brought out these rubber uh, processed rubber sheets which they used to create these apple watch straps mm-hmm. and it's become a cool thing because they partnered with nike to market it and uh, the entire pitch behind marketing is that since they were recycled it actually uses you know different color specs of whatever different material they have right. collected so every band is unique because no pattern is the same on any of them uh, i think that's that's one way of uh, in which and pretty much all companies are talking about sustainability and e-waste and they are uh, i'm just i think we should how is we should probably resurrect the idea of having the radhiwalas come back in you know, the scrap collectors <laughs> yeah. because i think a lot of uh, people would like to donate the scrap like i have 10000 wires out here lying out here over okay. and so every household for that matter of fact has so many wires lying on so many old gadgets we sometimes we do not know what to do with it sometimes you can use a particular gadget as a camera or something you know you can reuse it but that you have to be a little more tech savvy uh, to be able to do those things but if you can't then what can it be collected can it be reused can your old laptop be donated to some school i think some got a formal mechanism is something that we probably uh, companies ought to invest in that from a sustainability point of view you know this calls for a separate episode as well this is a very uh, interesting topic we should, Some... we should talk about e-waste separately i yes. think it's extremely important well on that note we are going to bring to an end the first episode of 2024 as you can see we are very interested in we are very invested in technology and we also like to jump into each other's statements and uh, divert the conversation into new things that we had pending on our to-do list so folks that's it for this episode you are listening to mint etc you can reach out to us on linkedin if you have any questions our handles are in the description this episode was produced by me deepthi ahuja it was edited by amrinder singh catch you next week To stay updated on this podcast, follow us at HD Smartcast on all the major social media platforms. To listen to more such podcasts, log on to www.hdsmartcast.com. Hold up. 